guest today is super special and today's topic is so close to my heart animal welfare and particularly at that adoption my incredible guest is someone who has been tirelessly helping in getting so many dogs a second chance at life we're talking about dogs that have been abandoned abused breeders discard or the ones that have been given up for various reasons my guest has a wealth of knowledge and every time i see her instagram feed I'm so much in awe of her knowledge, her patience, and how fiercely protective she is when it comes to her shelter dog. A huge, huge advocate of adopt don't shop, Sanjana Madhava heads the adoption wing at Cupa Second Chance Adoption Center. Not just that, she is a rock star mommy to a lovely little boy, and she also takes care of her own ten doggies at home with special needs. Welcome to the show, Sanjana. I am so super stoked to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for having me, Surya. My pleasure being here. Wonderful. So, I want to begin by asking you about your journey in animal welfare. I think you have a very special bond with all the mannequins, and nothing short of a love story, I must say. So, how did it all begin? I have actually um, been associated with animal welfare, if you can put it that way, since I was about eleven years old, because my mum is a trustee of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's um, of of cupa basically she's a trustee of that organization so it's always been a part and parcel of my life it's always been something i've been very much seeing uh, from the time i was young and i was growing up especially in my formative years mm-hmm. so um in <clears throat> about almost 9 uh, years ago when um i had a, i had a car accident that kind of put me out of commission from doing my regular job i used to be a, a an equestrian sports rider Right. Um, and it kind of put me out of commission at that point of time, and it only seemed logical that I I, I was <laughs> cut out for uh, uh, a corporate life. Um, yeah. So it 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 only seemed right to follow the passion that you know was was has has been there in my life ever since. You know. So yeah. that's how I kind of got into animal welfare full time. Yeah. And um, yeah, I and then then I I had Diego, who was uh, one a Rottweiler. He was my first Rottweiler, and the first one of the first dogs I rescued. And right. uh, he kind of propelled me into um, working specifically with rehabilitation because Rottweilers and this, the the breed has these kinds of breeds: Rottweilers, Pitbulls, yeah. German yeah. Shepherds, etc. They all mm-hmm. have a very bad reputation. And, Correct. Um, at that point of time dogs were being put down for having aggression issues without actually trying to figure out what was causing the aggression and there was no place sure. for them to go mm-hmm. so um diego kind of broke those myths for me and he did something very special for me so uh it was my way of giving back to go back into uh rehabilitation wonderful so you have ten dogs at home and like many with special needs right so you also take care of your son your family and the amazing work that you're doing at Cooper Second Chance Adoption Center i want to know how on earth are you able to do all of this so brilliantly <laughs> to tell you all that <laughs> i i have i have nine at home right now um, I, think, i think the okay. max i've had is 14 in the house but wow. right now i have nine <laughs> i have nine um some of them yes most uh, most of them do have some sort of a health issue or the other which is yeah. why i brought them home yeah. uh but i'm extremely lucky to have a fantastic support system i have to say that that the only reason i'm able to do any of this is yeah. because i have a great support system at home um in terms of uh my family uh uh-huh. my my uh domestic staff are just amazing in terms of handling the dogs when i'm not around 
Otherwise, yeah. I'd be tied to the house twenty four seven with these many animals. I know. Right? But yeah, but my domestic staff has been with me for years, and they are amazing with the dogs. And like all of the credit actually goes to them. And my parents help out uh, with Ion. My Ion's my son, so um, uh-huh. my parents help out most of the time with him. So if I have to go to work, he's there with them. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, it really doesn't have so much to do with me being able to balance it out. It has to do with the fact that so many people are willing to help. And and are they all like foster kids? I don't know if I can ask. Like, nine to fourteen is just humongous. Um, I don't even know how the house would seem like. You know, with so many of them just running around. Yeah. So I think when I had fourteen, it was because I had about six fos five fosters at that point of time. Okay. Um, my house is always open to cases that need a little bit more TLC or. Uh, yeah. Because I've worked in the field for so long, I I do I can take on uh, slightly heavier medical cases which other people may not be able to. Right. Uh, so my house has always been a place where those dogs can come and recuperate. Sorry about that. And um, and then you know get ready for adoption again. So I've I've always had a lot of fosters, yeah. but um, I the rest of them, the ones who are my permanent dogs, I've brought home. I've always made it a point to bring home the dogs that um, wouldn't have a chance otherwise, wouldn't mm-hmm. get the chance to get adopted. So either they're terminally ill or um, yeah. or they have health issues which are lifelong, so they're not really going to get the chance to get to go home. Or because if they breed, they're kind of uh, uh, discriminated People are against. not very receptive also, right, in many cases. So yes. Sort yes. of you give them a chance at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's how they ended up with me. <laughs> which is just amazing because I do keep seeing your posts on Instagram and I'm like I don't know how how you're sort of going on of this but it's just amazing uh, to just see you do this <laughs> okay so for anyone like following anything in animal welfare they would see a lot of posts around pet abandonment for various reasons right like it could be yes. expecting a child moving abroad pet is just too old and in some cases just not being able to manage and whatnot right but you said not without my dog to all those who advised you to give up your dog why you know dealing with a high-risk pregnancy and you also have a condition known as fibromyalgia so I wanted to ask you what was this all about and what was this about not without my dog so um I, I didn't know when I, when I when I was pregnant with Ion. I, I didn't know I had yeah. fibromyalgia at that time. It was I I was diagnosed with it only two years after Ion was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a result of the car accident I'd had uh, nine years Stop before that. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just that because fibromyalgia, being an autoimmune condition, it's it's very hard to diagnose because there's no conclusive testing for it. It has right. to be diagnosed more by uh, elimination and by by symptoms right so um, yeah. it took a very long time to diagnose it so honestly I didn't know I had fibromyalgia at that point of time but mm-hmm. um, yes I, I did have a high-risk pregnancy towards my sixth month onwards I um, it, it became a bit of a uh, tricky situation mm-hmm. but I I fundamentally believe that um, if you call someone or something family yeah. uh, you don't give up on them no matter what. So for me, I look at my dogs uh, yeah. as the same commitment that I've made to my son. Um, mm-hmm. 
and to my husband or to my parents or to friends who I consider, you know, family to me. Yeah. It's the same commitment I keep. I, I, give, I have the same commitment to my dog. So there's like I wouldn't send Ayan off to an orphanage tomorrow or like I wouldn't put my parents yeah. in an old age home. I exactly. look at my dogs the same way. No matter mm-hmm. what happens in my life, I will always make sure that they are also taken care of and we we make contingency plans for them, which is, I think that actually is um, the major issue when people come to give up dogs to us. I think that's actually the major issue that they mm-hmm. haven't accounted for the for the animal in their life like they would a person. Like um, a family so, member, right? Yes, they, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they don't account for them that way. So just to give you an example, uh, yeah. we have we've created medical contingency funds for all of our dogs. So um, that tomorrow, God forbid, if something happens to us, um, if we're not in the picture for whatever reason, the dogs are taken care of. Um, We've created, we we have people, we have friends and family we have spoken to, like we've spoken to for our son. We Mm -hmm. have friends and family that we've spoken to saying that, okay, if something happens to us tomorrow, you get these dogs. Can you manage this dog? Can you take care of this dog? And we have people who have said yes to all of those things. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, technically like we have godfathers and godmothers. Godfathers. Yeah. yeah, Same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Godparents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) For the dogs. Um, And any decision that me and my husband have taken has always uh, included the dogs. So we've never, ever thought of relocating to another country because we know it's not going to be feasible to take the dogs there. Um, If there is a job opportunity or if there is, when I had Kujo, when Kujo came to me when he was, Kujo was my indie, when Kujo came to me when he was just about two, three weeks old, I I had actually applied to do my MBA, my um, Mm -hmm. master's abroad in the UK. And mm-hmm. I'd act- I got in on a 50% scholarship and uh, I turned it down because mm-hmm. at that, then Kujo kind of came into my life and I knew that I wouldn't be able to take him there. And it was yeah. going to be probably if I went abroad, I'd probably end up staying abroad. So right. I chose not to go ahead with doing that because it's a commitment. I know a lot of people will think it's stupid. They'll be like, oh, my God, how could you turn down an opportunity to go abroad and study and maybe settle abroad? But I don't look at it that way. He was already yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was a commitment I had made and now I have to see that commitment through no matter what. Right. So um, I, I I think that's when, like even with rent, so another thing that people keep saying is that, oh, I'm shifting my house and my new landlord oh, yeah. will allow dogs. Exactly. Which people is, will, not be, will not like it uh, and yeah. the community will not like it, this and that, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, we've when we moved, we stay in a rented house as of now and when we moved to this house, um, yeah. we chose an independent house in a in a regular uh, residential layout, I put mm-hmm. it that way, uh, okay. over going to a gated community where you'd have the benefits and the perks and the safety and all of those things. Um, yes. Because we knew we had dogs and we yeah. knew that we can't be at a residence association's mercy. We can't be oh, answering yeah. to, you know, uh, people who are going yes. to be unreasonable. So yes. we've, we've said, we, we, when we take these decisions, we take these decisions, keeping the dogs in mind. And that's right. something I think most people don't do. Then they're suddenly like, oh, but I'm, I've already paid the deposit and now the landlord is saying, no, I didn't expect Exactly. It. So it's something you should leave the dog out of the yeah. picture. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think people need to start, stop treating dogs as being disposable or any pet for that matter, not just your dog, whether it's a cat, yeah. whether it's a fish, whether it's a bird, whatever yeah. it is. You stop treating animals and pets in your life like they are disposable. They're not. They're lives at the end of the day. Right. Not like in a you know commodity as such, but exactly. you know, just be responsible and accountable for the decision that you've taken, and you took yes. that for a reason. Uh, 
you yes. know, thoughts, right? Right. So, like, again, you know, we've been discussing in the topic of, uh, you know, animal adoption and everything. So you are a big, big advocate of animal adoption, right? And yes. being an expert in rehoming dogs, so what are some of the considerations that one should keep in mind while adopting? So you just give me a bunch of them uh, while we were yes. discussing. <laughs> That's logistically, but, yes. Yes, yes. But are there like anything else that people should really, really think through before, you know, they just go and decide to get an animal in their life? Um, so I think, yes, as we mentioned before, logistically, you've got to take everything into account um, yeah. and change your mindset. So whenever anybody comes to adopt from us, the first thing mm-hmm. we tell them is that we need to know that your mindset is not that the dog is disposable. Yeah. You, your mindset has to be that, because only if you have that mindset will you see it through. Otherwise, okay. if you're walking and already giving yourself uh, an out or already giving yeah. yourself like an exit, um, mm-hmm. you probably will use it at some point of time. Yeah. So um, that's the first thing that we kind of counsel people on. The second is be realistic about your expectations from the animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I'm a huge advocate of adopt own shop, but I also do not take away from the fact that uh, you are while you're doing a fantastic thing, sh- sh- and shelter dogs are not damaged. Mm-hmm. They do have a they do have an adjustment period. Correct. So this yeah. is not like a Mali and Me movie or like a Hachiko yeah. movie where you're going to have a dog that you know completely uh, is it's all Instagram worthy pictures and Instagram worthy yeah. videos. It doesn't work that way. It the, re- the reality behind it is it is it can get frustrating it can yeah. get difficult at times it can get uh you i always tell my adopters this that i guarantee them that they will be sitting down on a lot of days pulling out their hair saying why on earth did i do this yeah they will 100 percent happen uh, it's going to happen there's yeah. no it's never going to be like this immediate love story but like yeah. any other relationship you got to put the effort in to make it work and mm-hmm. once you do and once you um, give the dog a chance to understand you and communicate with you and you commun- learn how to communicate with the dog, mm-hmm. the good then far outweighs the bad. And that's when, like, you know, if the dog messes up or destroys something in the house, you'll be, you'll be mad about it for like 10 seconds and you'll be like, oh, but that's the word. So, yes. yeah, I'm, I mean, look at the amount of happiness this animal gives me um, yeah. and how fulfilling it is to have this animal in my house. So it uh, it's, people need to be realistic about that. They, I, I think there are a lot of unrealistic expectations that are being set today um where the ideal situation correct yeah correct Mm -hmm. and so i i think once those expectations are set and uh the counseling is done right we always tell people give the dog three months it's not going to happen in a week or two weeks it takes the dog three months to fully settle into a home Mm -hmm. um so you've got to give the dog those three months you can't um in one week or two weeks call me back and say you know what it's just not working it's just been two weeks it's not going to work yeah and you have have to give give it it some time yeah yes you got to give it some time. And the sad part is that people don't realize that like if you go to a backyard breeder and an illegal breeder, and I'm calling them that because 99% of the breeders in our country are those. We, yeah. we don't have, we have like a very small fraction of ethical breeders in our country. Yeah. But if you go to a breeder and you buy a puppy, you're, mm-hmm. buy, you're buying a puppy at like 35, 40 days old, which is pretty much like the infants at that point. Right. Um, you spend months cleaning up poop and pee yeah. feeding them mm-hmm. multiple times a day, then toilet training them, then right. getting them to go to the loo outside the house rather than on pee pads inside the house. Then they yeah. hit the, the teething phase where they're destroying things and they're chewing oh, yeah. things. Then yeah. they, they hit the adolescent phase where they're so hyperactive and they, they have a lot yeah. of energy and they need a lot of engagement. 
and Correct. people are very happy to see it through even though it will take a year year and a half easily but easily. but they they're extremely happy to see it through but if you tell yeah. them oh it's going to take you 3 months with an adopted dog they're like oh that's a long time but look at it realistically with a puppy it's going to take you even longer and people right. and I'm, it's great that people are willing to put in that effort with pups it's absolutely fantastic if that if that's your cup of tea but mm-hmm. adopted dogs are actually a lot easier i mean lot easier than they know yeah um so i think these are the things people should take into consideration when they are coming to adopt and adopt with your heart don't adopt keeping a particular breed sex age size color whatever it is it's it, this uh-huh. is not this is not a um it's it's not something that's that's based on just the external looks of the dog right it's something that yeah you got to take that decision with your heart not your mind yeah and you actually spoke about ethical breeding sanjana so you must have actually witnessed so many pets not getting a good quality of life because of the issues that comes with breeding right you actually told that yeah. you know the pup is actually separated from its mother at the you know days maybe 30 to 31 whatever yeah. right so yeah. is there something that you could possibly tell us as to you know what you've actually seen through the years and what insights you could perhaps share on this um so Firstly like i mentioned uh when we talk about breeding the reason why we are so against buying from breeders in our countries because we don't have any ethical breeders the ethical right. breeders are unicorns they are yeah. one in a million in our country you know mm. speaking metaphorically it yeah. but they are not and most of the time these breeders because they're doing it for the betterment of the breed or breed preservation um and they're not doing it as a primary source of income these puppies are and there's a lot of genetic knowledge there's a lot of um, effort that's put in investment on their part the puppies that they end up selling are nothing less than 1 lakh 1 1.5 lakhs 2 lakhs even if you're looking to go get a labrador or a beagle right. yeah it mm-hmm. it if you look at your rottweiler saint bernards it goes up to 2.5 3 lakhs um right depend it's it's yeah. insane it goes mm-hmm. up all the way to some some people have paid even 15 15 lakhs for a, for a, uh, from a reputed breeder especially if okay. it's a, an exotic breed it's yeah. um it's this and the, and the sad part right i just feel that when you get those exotic breeds over here i mean the the weather conditions or uh i don't know exactly just doesn't make any- I, yeah i'm talking about like akitas and huskies and yeah. alaskan malamutes they're not meant to be here seen banards um so it's more the, the average the average person will not be willing to or most of the time they aren't able to afford yeah um those those kinds of amounts to go and spend it on buying a dog right uh, yeah. it's a very small percentage of the the population that will be able to afford that uh, mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to afford it so yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's something that most people because they cannot afford that's why mm-hmm. this illegal breeder market is created because yeah. they want that aspiration of having like a fancy breed which is all pedigree and you know they can show off but they don't yeah. have the financial means to buy that and mm-hmm. they're quite happy to go to an illegal breeder and pick it up for 15 or 20000 yeah so it is like an easy uh, way out yeah exactly but then they don't take into account the fact that these illegal breeders then can be mating a brother and sister can be mating yeah. a mother and son or a father and daughter because you yeah. you you have no idea you have no clue uh Sorry. your kci papers most of the time you can get fake ones they can oh. they can print out a, i mean they can get a fake kci paper and give it to you there's absolutely no issue with that right um, and who would know right who would know who would know that? exactly Yeah. yeah and if you go, if you actually go to KCI they say oh but there's no there's no dog like this um no. so it it's extremely easy to to create this create this, this uh, fake um 
paper and give it to you so that you feel confident enough that okay i've got a good pedigree dog um yeah. nobody's taking into account genetic behavioral traits nobody's right. taking into account genetic medical issues um mm-hmm. and then suddenly you've gone and said okay fine i've bought a puppy for 15 or 20000 and the puppy grows up and within 3 4 months you're su- you're suddenly seeing your dog has hip dysplasia your dog has enlarged hearts your dog mm-hmm. uh has a patella luxation your dog has uh, cherry eyes issue with the yeah. with, with the nasal passages isn't able to breathe um mm-hmm. or your dog is having serious behavioral issues already when they're 5 6 months old and right. that costs money to fix so in the long run they end up spending so much more doing expensive medical procedures having to go to trainers training yeah. with very expensive trainers who are good extremely good but they're expensive again it's an, it's, right. a, it's an ex- expertise that you, you need and then then the, most people are like look we we that's why we bought from this guy because we couldn't afford and yeah. now we can't afford to do all of this for the dog so the dog ends yeah. up in a shelter so it's just right. a vicious cycle that keeps going around in circles and um that's what people need to understand that when you're when you forget about this is just from the buyer's perspective but right. if you're looking at it from the dog's perspective if you see what happens to these females it is heartbreaking they are bred yeah. from their first heat cycle if you and people have this thing of saying oh but dogs should experience motherhood once in your oh, life yeah. oh, once yeah. in their lives that's um, argument right that's the argument yeah yeah you shouldn't interfere with nature <laughs> firstly yeah. it's not natural to i mean like would you would you be okay with a 13 year old kid having sex and having babies at that point of time no exactly. it's it's not yeah. i mean it's it's a natural process your body is going through but yeah. just because you've come of age but doesn't mean that yeah acha theek hai go and you know get her knocked up yeah. it doesn't mean that right exactly. um that's what's happening to these female dogs when they're 8 months old and they're then ba- their babies themselves they're being made to mate and yeah. then they're having puppies and then they don't know how to take care of the puppies so we've seen a lot of cases where mothers eat the pups the mothers kill the pups okay we've mm-hmm. seen horrible cases at the center where a mother's given birth to pups and then has actually just grabbed one of them and killed it oh and okay. we haven't mm-hmm. been able to even stop the mother um we've seen cases where the mother has absolutely no clue what to do with the puppy yeah so we've had to sit and put the puppy latch the puppy onto her and kind of like do all of her work for her because she's completely the feeding and everything yeah 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 she's completely disinterested so uh these are the i mean that's what you're doing and they they are mated every cycle that means that they are pretty much pregnant for 4 to 5 years of their life they are just pregnant nonstop yeah and they're it's just like a puppy mill right that's what it's a mill doing. exactly that's why it's called a mill because they're just churning out puppies nonstop and it yeah. depletes the mother's bodies of whatever nutrients whatever iron calcium because mm-hmm. obviously they don't do supplementation a lot of these puppies don't survive because they the mother so malnutrition the ones that do survive have uh, what do you call it lowered immunities mm-hmm. uh, and then they're sold at 30 days so that they don't have any immunity from the mother right. and uh, so they're susceptible to picking up parvo distemper this is something that most people don't know that you should don't separate a pup before the first two vaccinations are done which is at uh, 10 weeks uh-huh. by about 10 weeks the first two uh, infectious disease vaccinations that i'm talking about right. the hppil those uh-huh. will be completed by the time the pup is 10 weeks if the first shot is done at 45 days okay. um and the reason that we the reason that that needs to be done by the breeder is because the breeder the when the puppies are vaccinated their immunity falls but right. they do get a certain amount of protection from their mother's milk and from being in a safe space where right. they're not exposed to other dogs who are unvaccinated or elements outside right mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that can be carrying infections Yeah. So they need to be with the mother till their immunity has kicked in completely which is once both sets of vaccinations are done. 
But the yeah. breeders sell them at 30, 35 days. Like if you notice, most breeders will say, oh, it's 40, 41 days. I want the puppy out now. Yeah, Why? out because now and money. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because at 45 days, they're going to have to start spending more on the vaccinations. Yeah. So their margin, their profit margin decreases. Yeah. And so it's eventually, I think it's so much of stress on the shelters, right? I mean, now you yeah. spoke about the mothers who, you know, sort of might get discarded. And then it's under the shelters and you don't really have that much of space. I mean, any shelter that you take, yeah. right? You can only have X amount of, you know, accommodations, right? But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we, we try and help as many as we can, but there have yeah. been times when we have to turn away dogs that really need the help because we don't have space. Yeah. And it's 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 very stressful on the staff working at the shelter. It's a very emotional job. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And uh, we're basically cleaning up the mess that everybody else is making. So I I want people to understand when and not turn a blind eye to it. Like when they talk about, oh, but it's, this is natural mm-hmm. for the female. It's not yeah. natural for a pe- female dog to be held down or pinned down or put into a rape stand and have a ma- have a male dog mount her and force the male dog to do her. Exactly. You know, it's Absolutely. it's not natural. That's and right. separating. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, projecting human emotions onto animals, mm-hmm. um, you how, how how do you justify taking the puppies away from the mother then? Yeah. Uh, would you like your kid oh. taken away from you? It's it just uh, there's just too much of conflict over there. <laughs> Absolutely. So that actually brings me to the next question, right? Like one of the things that I have noticed is that people don't really have much of patience at times when it comes to adoption. And at times there is so much hate that's spewed on those working in animal welfare sector, right? So how are you able to just shut down all this noise and just focus on the good? Sanjana, it, 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 I don't know. I, do, I can't even imagine like how that must be because... There's always so much of noise around you, right? Yes, there's, that is part and parcel of um, animal welfare work, unfortunately. Yeah. But I do have to say that um, I think the good in people actually far outweighs the bad. And I'm seeing that more and more now. Um, yeah. Some impossible cases have been finding homes. Uh, mm-hmm. People are leaning more towards adopting indie puppies. I think it's just about raising awareness. So I think um, that seems to be working and more people are becoming more aware and more uh, conscious about the decisions they make sure. and mm-hmm. uh, so that is one thing that really does help that you know there's, there's, there is a lot of good to also focus on okay. and um, two is I, I think the only thing I can possibly say is that uh, the way I look at it is that at the end of at the end of every day I get to come home mm-hmm. to my warm bed to my loving yeah. family to my amazing friends to my nice house and to my dogs yes. and I get to have a very comfortable life. Yeah. And if I'm going to let this affect me to a point where I cannot function anymore or I get yeah. a burnout, mm-hmm. it's going to the only the only animals that are going to be affected are the only ones that's going to be affected are uh, are the animals, are the dogs. Right. And that is something I don't want happening. So I do compartmentalize a lot and I do kind of when you know when they say you leave your work at at work. Yeah. I do that. I when I when I step out of the center, I try and switch off in my head as much as I can. It is yeah. difficult on some days, mm-hmm. but I think if you keep in mind that it's not about you, it's about the dog. Right. I think that helps. Wonderful. And you know, uh, whenever I see the videos of your son Ayan and your pet, they're just absolutely heartwarming. <laughs> I should tell you. 
I mean, it definitely brings a smile to my face. So, what <laughs> is it like, uh, Sanjana, teaching you know Ayan about pets and their behaviors, and he understands such a great deal at such a young age? Yes, he does. He's a. Uh, um uh, i know i'm going to sound like a very biased mom here but uh, <laughs> he's 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 a very he's a very easy and very sensitive child so yeah. he's uh, he's always been an extremely easy baby right from the time he was born um uh-huh. he's and he understood i started reiterating things to him right from when he was uh, old enough to crawl so he sure. started understanding things that i would tell him so even when he was just in the crawling phase but he wasn't really talking much yet and you know he couldn't understand too much he yeah. immediately knew if i would say no don't do something with the dogs he knew he wasn't meant to do it so he Correct. kind of um it's something that he picked up along the way even through my interactions with dogs my husband's interaction to the do- with the dogs oh, uh-huh. the dogs are amazing um they have been extremely patient with him and he's respected their boundaries so it's it's been a great uh, it's it's been a great experience for me as well because it's amazing watching them together and it's amazing being able to put into action what i advise people to do so right. um i've i've had the opportunity to do it over here which is why i post i know a lot of people say you know you shouldn't be posting about your son and you know <laughs> you need to be protecting him etc but he's he's a um but it's like an example of, also right yes he's a great example that. of yeah. how it can go because i have four i currently have four rottweilers in my house um yeah. two of them who were adopted as adults quentin is 8 uh, neo is 4 and a half yeah and he handles them amazingly like there's zero it's not that they don't have an option to you know snarl at him or bite him or anything he doesn't give them a reason to upset them and get them to a point because he knows how to behave with them correct and it's so it's not that it's not possible to teach a child that a lot of people come back and tell me but my son is oh my, not my son my kid is too young to understand so mm-hmm. i can't teach him not to do something so the dog has to kind of just not bite yeah, but that's and not really the dog adjust yeah. yeah so it's it's always about the dog adjusting but that's yeah. not really true kids understand and of course it's it's a given i i'm i i i realize i do have to keep saying this is that ayan is watched 24/7 he's never left alone with the dogs because sure. while he's a very mature child for his age and he's very understanding and respects the dogs he's mm-hmm. still a kid he might Correct. make a mistake he might right. hurt the dog something mm-hmm. might happen and that's that's a chance you shouldn't be taking by leaving your child alone with the dog absolutely uh, until the kid is old enough to understand the repercussions of it yeah so you don't i i never ions never unsupervised around them he's either with me or he's with my parents or he's with my husband or he's with friends he's mm-hmm. always supervised around the dogs so um Yeah I think I think that's what basically makes it work with him and he like I said it's he in general is an amazing kid so yeah I I think two videos of Ayana sort of etched in my mind I think <laughs> one is that of you know he just comes out of the kitchen and he sees that okay well the dogs are eating yeah. so I should probably not come here now that you know now is not the right time so I'll come back a little later once they're done with their business right yeah. that's one yeah. And and the second one is when I think you uh, were taking your dog for a walk and Ayan is on a cycle, I guess if I remember correctly. Yes. And then yes. you have like all the other community dogs, and yes. he's just on his own doing his own thing, not to just provoke any yes. of them around. And you know, it's just a happy scene there. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, okay, this is this is insane, you know. <laughs> so I think these two were like etched in my mind <laughs> after seeing that. Yeah. He's he's, yeah. a, he's a he's a smart kid. He's a sensitive. He's a very sensitive kid. So he doesn't normally want to 
hit dogs or throw stones at them or freak out. Uh, yeah. And I think growing up in a house with when he was born, I think we had ten. I think at that point of time, yeah, we had yeah. ten dogs at that time. So he was born into a household of ten dogs. So for him, this is they're his siblings. So I think sometimes he thinks he's a dog. So <laughs> it's so lovely, so lovely. So your mother, uh, Sandhya, Mrs. Sandhya Madhavpal, has also yes. been very active in caring for animals, right? So I want to know yes. what her influence has been like on. I think I think it's basically her and my grandmom in terms of uh, of of my love for animals. I think has come from the two of them. Okay. Uh, my grandmom is I think possibly the craziest of the three of us. She's okay. nine. She's ninety three years old. She's an uh-huh. she's an ampu- she's an amputee. Um, okay. And uh, she lives by herself. She used to take care of eight dogs. I think when she was about seventy five and on uh-huh. one leg, without any help. She used to feed oh community God. dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. when the um, when three years ago or four years ago, when um, there was a, the flooding that happened in ST Bed yeah. in Koramangala. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. In that area, um, and Vivek Nagar and all those areas were affected. Uh, my grandmother refused to leave the house without the dog. She said they will. <laughs> so my uncle had to kind of <laughs> carry her up and then come down for the dogs and carry them up to the. <laughs> tent. Yeah, it's also get lost without my dog. Thing, right. I mean, that's no, where that's my from. dog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. my mom has always been the same. She's always, um, she's always encouraged me to always be kind and be compassionate. And um, yeah. she's always brought me up with dogs. And right. I've seen her work with Cupa, and uh, she's she's not very active on social media and all of that. But the mm-hmm. amount of work she does when it comes to the cruelty cases, so she, so she handles the cruelty case wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So the amount of the, the kinds of cases she handles, the kind of the way i think i i i hope i get her uh, uh, her ability to uh, manage people as well the way she talks to people the way she yeah. um she she doesn't i think everyone likes her yeah. <laughs> i think everybody is so so fond of my mom because they feel like she's she's not nasty she's not rude no matter how much people push her buttons she's yeah she maintains that composure with people no matter what mm-hmm. um which i find is lacking in a lot of people with animal welfare i think people yeah. tend to get a chip on their shoulder because they feel like they're doing so much but that's yeah. the one thing mom's always told me that again it's come from her where i say it's not about us it's about the dog so whatever yeah. we're doing it shouldn't be like oh i'm doing so much therefore i get to i get to be rude i get to be nasty i get to have chip on my shoulder i get to be it, it, that's not how this works yes you're doing right. a lot out of choice no one's put a yeah. gun to your head to make you do it um, so i think that's something i've taken away from my mom as well and yeah. uh, Yeah, and and she's she's a trustee of the organization, as I said earlier, and uh, she's she's mm-hmm. she's a very softly powerful woman, which I find like a a great combination. <laughs> a she's a lovely combination. <laughs> yeah, <to have. laughs> I I think I'm more loud, I'm much more forceful than her. I wish I had that soft part of her, but yeah, I mean, so I think my mom and my grandmom have been the biggest influences, and they've. basically pushed me into doing what i'm doing today how lovely seriously now for anyone wanting to step into the world of animal welfare what advice would you give um learn to be as compassionate towards the people that you're dealing with yeah uh, like you are to the dogs mm-hmm. because at the end of the day as much as you might want to bite someone's head off or punch someone in the face if you uh, do that yeah. the only yeah the only ones getting affected again are the dogs that's what yeah that's the only thing you need to remember is that your actions you are you are supposed to be the voice for the voiceless and your yeah. actions will directly impact them yeah. so if you 
are rude to a person or if you if someone calls you and you know um you 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 and they want to give up a dog and you yell at them or give them a lecture or uh are nasty to them there's a high possibility they'll probably just go sell the dog or go leave the dog on the outskirts of the city because they felt slighted which a lot of people do react that way um so you if 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 a person calls you to help out with picking up a trauma case it's and even if you can't help it's okay just say i'm really sorry we don't have the bandwidth right now but yeah. you don't need to be nasty about it and you know reply back reply to them saying that uh, you know yeah. why the hell are you calling me why the hell Absolutely. i can't do this is it you there is a way you kind of need to um need need to maintain your composure not sure not for you yeah um, but because like i said you are supposed to be the voice for the voiceless so everything that you do and anything that you do will impact them so keep that in mind um mm-hmm. if you are getting into any sort of welfare field especially when it comes to animals yeah. two is um take a break when you need to don't let yeah. yourself hit a burnout an emotional mm-hmm. burnout especially it's mm-hmm. perfectly fine to take a break and say look i need to take a step back and i'm going to yeah. switch off for a few days and recharge myself sure. um and three i think try and enjoy the it's difficult but try and enjoy the good there is a lot of good whether it's in the animals or whether it's the people there's a lot of good there um uh, right. you just stop seeing it at some point yeah so one last question before i actually let you go sure <laughs> i've actually seen you work so hard towards ensuring you know animals getting a good lease of life so yeah. what is that sanjana that keeps you so motivated all the time it's it's just my way of giving back i i, I told you i of uh, Diego did a lot for me. A dog saved yeah. my life, so it's my yeah. way of giving back. Wonderful. So that's that's my <laughs> end game for it. <laughs> it's so wonderful, so wonderful. So I had such a wonderful time chatting with you and learning Thank more from Sanjana. Thank you and, so much for having me here. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure and an honor to be really talking yeah. to you. <laughs> and for all those listening in and wanting to know more about the amazing work Sanjana does. the adoption process at Cupa signing up for fosters what it takes training and a whole lot of other important things do head to sanjana's awesome instagram handle my name is sanjana madappa surely something to follow thank you so much surya it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much